Hey everybody, I'm Megan. I'm Wendy. And welcome to Long Story Short, the podcast. Hi-o. Sorry. We are <laughs> so happy to have you here. Quick housekeeping up top. Yeah. Where can you find us outside of the podcast? You can find us at MeganAndWendy.com and there is constantly new information going up there. A friend of mine just sent me a message. She was like, oh my gosh, I just Googled you and I found so much content. True story. So it's true. There's so much. MeganandWendy.com. I got to say we're killing it over there. So <laughs> I hope somebody comes and reads it. <laughs> we really are. Um, you can also find us on Instagram where we are Megan and Wendy LSS. That stands for long story short because someone came along and stole Megan and Wendy before we grabbed it. Um, and you can join our Facebook group where we are long story shorties. Yeah, don't worry about the uh, the question and answer portion of the Facebook group. Just put, I listen to the podcast and you'll Let be me in. in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, email us too. We always like to read your emails and maybe we'll read one on the air here eventually. Megan and Wendy at gmail.com. What else is there, dear? That's right. And while you're listening... Go ahead and click through and leave us a rating and leave us a review. Tell people how much you love us because <laughs> if you do, if you're listening today, you probably want to be listening tomorrow when our bonus episode drops. Typically, those episodes drop on Thursdays, but it's Thanksgiving, so we're giving it to you a day early as a gift so you can listen while you're prepping all of your Thanksgiving foods. We are reviewing and rating Hallmark Christmas movies. I freaking love it. It's so fun. <laughs> I didn't. I don't know who I'm becoming right now, but I love it. And tomorrow's episode will be about a Nashville Christmas, and we have a special guest joining us for that. So, and we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right, friends, today's episode is going to be a little bit different than our standard episode because we always start with a little chit chat up top and we had so much to talk about that we're going to do that the entire episode. We're just going to chat about all the things that are on our minds. Yeah, I was making a list. I was like, hey, let's just do something different this week. We got a lot of things to chat about. So and I love that part of the podcast, honestly. So I am. Do thrilled. you? Yeah. And we had a topic all teed up. So we're excited to bring that to you next week. But this week, you're just going to get all Megan and Wendy. All Megan and Wendy. Yes. Um, Let's start with some very exciting news. Yeah. So, Megan, you were featured on CNN.com. I was. Is that the wildest thing you've ever seen? It's so freaking (laughs) cool. It is so cool. I sent it to so many people, including my parents, who were like, hand clap emoji. Yay, Megan! Oh, that's so sweet. I... So how that came about is I had written a post on our website all about pandemic holiday cards, and I have to give a shout out to our friend Adele, who had said several days prior, hey, you should write a post about pandemic holiday cards because there's some really funny ones. And so I did, and then we get an email from a woman from CNN.com. Her name is Faith Karimi, and she said, hey, I'd like to talk to you about this. And of course, the first thing I did was Google her. I was like, is this a real thing? Is she legit? Yeah, CNN, like. Yeah. And she's legit, guys. And I spoke to her on the phone, and she has the most lovely accent you've ever heard. And I just wanted to talk to her forever. And 
lo and behold, it's funny because the conversation happened the day before the election. So <laughs> I thought, well, this is going to get bumped, right? Like, this is, no this way. is going to get buried under election <laughs> nonsense. Yeah, There's no way that this either A comes out or B, anybody ever sees it. And they held it until after the election chaos died down and out it came. Yeah, super exciting. Megan, like, texted me. She's like, we're getting all these referrals from CNN <laughs> on our, onto our website. So, of course, it had come out, but we didn't know that the, that the um, article had come out. And I say Megan and we. I Interchangeably? Say, I say, yes. I say we because the people came to our website, but it was Megan who wrote the article and was interviewed by CNN. So it was her face and her words and all that stuff. But I say we because we benefit. Of course. <laughs> of course. It was on our website. Yes. And it's so funny because I sent the link to my mom. My dad calls and he goes, your mom goes, Megan's on CNN. And my reaction was, oh, crap. <laughs> what like did I he... had, I don't know what he possibly thought I could have done. But I, he was like, they never have anything good to say. So I guess, like, oh, no. does anybody ever make the news or anything good? So True. Yeah. Anyway, but then, of course, like, <laughs> he sent it to everyone. I get messages from my brother and from my aunt. And uh, it was very fun. And, you know, it's so funny Super because fun. Wendy's like, your name or is the first two words of the article. I was not expecting that. I thought it was just going to be kind of a generic article about, you know, pandemic holiday cards and that you would have be mentioned. But it was like straight up Megan Sam Megan Samarin of Southern California. And I was like, holy crap, it's about you. Like that I, was... I was surprised by that, too. I thought I would have a one line mention of <laughs> here are some ideas. But no. So that was very fun. Thank you so much to CNN for that feature. And we, of course, will leave a link to the article in our show notes as well as a link to the post where you can find some fun holiday cards. Because if you haven't thought about that as an option this year, it's kind of fun to see how, you know, these card making businesses have made it work. You know, they've acknowledged that you're not necessarily going to have your beautiful <laughs> staged holiday photos. This year. I was shopping for Christmas cards the other night online and I was like, there's not enough pandemic cards out there you know what i mean mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. they should yeah. all be pandemic cards, they really. should they should yes 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 anyway so if you follow us on um, instagram and twitter you have noticed that <laughs> megan has been in quite a mood the last couple of days and um i just tell me what's going on with you <laughs> I am in a foul mood, and it's funny because I don't know if the people in my house would actually know that because I am <laughs> biting my tongue, like, all day long. I'm like, just, just, you know when you're in a bad mood and you know you're in a bad mood and you yeah. know you're being horrid and you can't stop, but you kind of, it's like they haven't, I'm not mad at anybody, right? So I'm trying really hard not to take it out, but I'm a real crab, and I think... Among many reasons, part of the reason I have reached a all-time high level of pandemic fatigue. Of course. We all have. I Yeah. And look, to be very clear, I'm not stopping doing the things that keep my family and others safe. Like, I'm still all on board. <laughs> I'm still well, let me interrupt. ahead. I want to interrupt you and read your tweet from the other okay. day. 
It says, having a tired of pandemic BS kind of day, still staying home, still believing in science, but eight months of this and the near nonstop discussion of it wears you down. Yeah, that's really it in a nutshell. And I'm sure people listening can relate. And I would like to say that I recognize how lucky my family is in all of this, right? Like we've my husband is still employed. We haven't had to worry about putting food on the table. I cannot even begin to imagine what all of this would be like with that on top of it. So I recognize that my whining comes from a very privileged place and also that this is hard for everyone. Well, look, I mean, yes, all of those things, but you don't have to make excuses for how you're feeling. Do you know? Right. There's no winning the pain Olympics. Exactly. Exactly. Now, as of recording this, it was just recently announced that our county is back in the purple tier, which means I that's not a statewide thing, is it? Is that just a California thing? Yeah. So in California, system? I mean, every state has their own. But so California purple is the most restrictive tier at this point. Who knows? Maybe they're on like black i don't know <laughs> um, I, I laugh but it's probably gonna be true <laughs> I, it's like a manic laugh right i mean yes <laughs> because when schools were reopening you had to get out of purple in order for schools to open but if you go back into purple and schools are opening they can stay open and look i think that when it comes to classifying essential services i do think schools should rank higher than restaurants <laughs> I'm going to say it. And they should rank higher than bars. You know, if you have to pick and choose, we need kids in schools for a lot of reasons. And part of that is we don't have safety nets for families that have to go to work and don't have school options for their kids. We have created a world in which school is where our kids go during the day. Yeah. And, you know, a lot for a lot of our kids, virtual learning is not a great option. And so the weird thing about the tears, and I think this is part of where my frustration comes in, is like, okay, they go through like what can be open and what can be open at certain capacities. And it's like, okay, indoor dining is now closed. Bars are now closed. But like outdoor dining is open, right? But anybody you ask is like, yeah, but you still shouldn't be eating in a restaurant, even outdoors. Like if you drive around Orange County, especially like the beach cities where square footage is at a premium, right? Yeah. Like these yeah. restaurants have moved into these like tiny little parking lots yeah. and they're trying to squeeze as many tables in as they possibly can, which I understand because, again, there's no safety net for these places, right? It's be open or go out of business really and so now you're sitting as close to each other and you're maskless and some of these places are building tents outside so yeah. you basically have like indoor dining with no ventilation at all yeah. but it's in a parking lot it's mm-hmm. maddening it's like okay we're trying to find a way and if the government says like hey this can be open the natural step your brain takes is like okay well if it's open then it's safe you want to believe that things that are open are safe and okay and the reality is like just because it's allowed doesn't necessarily mean it's safe well okay so we were talking off Mike about this and I'm going to reiterate something I heard this morning it is basically because the messaging is so messed up what is safe what's not safe it's all just a mess and I think people are like 
throw their hands up in the air and they're like, fuck it, I'm going to go out and eat because I'm tired. <laughs> or I, 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 there's, there's no other way for me to explain it other than like put tired on it. But people are tired of this. Now, am I saying that's the right thing to do? No, I think everybody should wear a mask because holy hell, I'm tired of being at home. I'm tired of our regular plans being disrupted, but... And tired of people dying and tired of, yes. right? I mean, all of those course. things. Yes. Wear a damn mask. I'm so tired of the arguments about it. I, I do not have any space for people in my life who are going to argue with me about wearing a mask. I'm totally serious about that at this point. And I'm done. I'm done arguing with you about, yeah. not you, obviously. <laughs> the city that I live in, so Orange County has gotten a bad rap. And honestly, rightfully so for some places, right? Because people are garbage <laughs> with the way they have behaved. Right. But the city that I live in had a mask mandate before the county had one and has maintained one. And when you go places, it is like a very high percentage of people that wear masks. And I, quite frankly, it warms my heart. I just kind of want to like air high five people that are just wearing a mask. Like it's no big deal. I mean, if people are, if that's going to keep people from dying and will help life resume some normalcy, why aren't people doing it? I'm exhausted of this conversation. Uh, me too. <laughs> I'm right. tired of it. All right. Okay. Let's move on to a quick update from a previous episode because yes. I think Wendy has something to tell us. I am looking at it right now. It had arrived. I have not used it, but it is the non-absorbent lotion applicator <laughs> body buddy. Look, I'm so freaking excited. I pull it out of the package. It has, it's long, it has two handles on it, so it can reach in places that you can't normally reach, right? Uh -huh. Like your back, like your butt side, whatever. What I like about butt it. Butt side. <laughs> I can, I'm just telling you, I'm not, I'm not trying right now, but I think I can reach my butt. Well, so, okay. So can I. But the problem <laughs> is, I do not enjoy the skin on yes. skin rubbing of lotion yes. i don't know why maybe i'm weird i would love to hear if anybody else has that weird avert aversion yes i'm sure people do it's a sensory thing i i hear you that i was looking for but yes <laughs> so what is funny is that this says that it could be used to apply sunless tanners like on your back oh oh Game changer. Now you got now. me. <laughs> so it's really weird. The fabric, so it's non-absorbent. So it's not like it's a, a terry cloth towel. It yeah. feels like cheap leather. Do you know what I mean? Okay, yes. And so you would squirt your lotion on it or whatever and then uh, rub away. So I am so excited. You have not tried it yet. You just have it in your hands. No, Amazon just delivered it last night. So... <laughs> So funny. I logged into our shared Insta our shared Amazon last night and the first item staring at me was the body buddy. <laughs> I just laughed so See, hard. Look at it. I'm telling you, it has a patent and everything. I'm super excited. We will link it in the show notes and I will give some sort of update after I use it. Very Okay, excited. so last week Wendy told me about a new podcast. And if you know Wendy, this podcast is like tailor made for her. Yeah, it is. And that is the new 90210 Recap Podcast, hosted by Jenny, Jenny Garth and Tori Spelling. Yeah, and it's called 90210MG. Okay, I like the, the title. So they've had two episodes. 
and they are awful. Oh, no. Okay. We are new podcasters. Uh-huh. It takes some learning. You know, sure. there's some training wheels. They are so bad. Considering that they have worked together nearly 30 years, right? Mm-hmm. You would think that there would be some cues. They would have some sort of like rhythm and flow, but they talk over each other all the time. They get frustrated with each other, which is oh. kind of which is kind of funny, but it's still just uh, not enjoyable to listen to. And here's the biggest problem with it: Jenny Garth cannot remember any details of the process of making that show. So. The first episode, they just talked about what they're doing. The second episode, they talked about the pilot they recorded. And she kept going on and on about, like, why is this episode so long? And, oh, when they aired this, they aired it in two parts over two nights, didn't they? And blah, blah, blah. And I was, like, screaming in my car. No, that's not what happened. This was a two-hour episode. (laughs) Like, I, I know my 90210 stuff. Yes. So it's really frustrating to listen to the inconsistencies coming from, like, basically the horse's mouth, you know? Yes. Well, okay, I have some questions. Do you know how they record? Like, are they on Zoom? Are they together? They're on Zoom. Okay. So for just a little, like, inside baseball, Wendy and I record not on Zoom. We cannot see each other. We're in our own closets, in our own houses. And I think from years of, you know, making video together we kind of can bounce back and forth Mm -hmm. pretty easily. But I had wondered, it's sometimes interesting not having those visual cues, but they can see each other. And also, aren't they actually best friends? Like, in real life, good friends? Yes. Yes. And it's funny to me that people with access to their celebrities, so they have access to, like, podcast producers and people who can like teach them how to put this together obviously this is a two-woman show over here so no it's oh who us or them us oh yeah 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 yeah. you would think someone is like here make some show notes have a show order this is how you do yeah well they do have a third person with them who i think they are calling their producer and and also some super fan i don't know it's just so the super fan comes in and like corrects them yes exactly it's just frustrating that was the biggest problem i had with jenny garth's memoir as well it's called blonde ambition i will link it in our show notes i read it several years ago she couldn't recall details they were wrong and i was so frustrating well have you heard there's a podcast that your comment about that reminds me and i believe the podcast is called zach to the future Mm -hmm. and can you guess what it's about? Saved by the Bell. Yes. And <laughs> so it's co-hosted by Mark Paul Gossler and Dashiell Driscoll. And Dashiell is the brother of Clea from the Home Edit. Oh, okay? interesting. Okay. And he, he is also the creator of the Funnier Die videos called Zach Morris is Trash. And he would go through and show, like, all the times, find them on YouTube, all the times Zach's character was fat shaming or homophobic oh. or just horrible. Oh. Like, he was horrible, right? So he made these videos, and now he and... Mark Paul Gosseler are making these recap episodes, and I only listened to two. Look, I was a Saved by the Bell fan 
Obviously. And I thought it would be funny, these two alternating points of views, but Mark Paul Gosselaar can't remember anything either. And it's so funny. It was just a job to him, right? He showed up, he read his lines, he left. It wasn't perhaps the pop culture phenomenon in his brain that it was for those of us who grew up watching reruns. Over and over and over. So he's constantly asking questions of Dashiell, like, oh, why do you think we did that? Oh, I don't remember that. Oh, what do you think's happening here? I'm like, what are you doing? You were on the show. So Uh. I really wanted to love it. Podcast itself is well done, but it's frustrating to me that he doesn't really remember the show. I'm like, well, I want like the inside stuff. And when are you going to get that? Yes. So that's what they claim on the 9021 OMG is like, they're like, we're going to talk about behind the scenes stuff. And I was like, well, Jenny can't even flip and remember anything. So what are you going to talk about? So I feel like I'm disappointed by my heroes. You know what I mean? Not that they're my heroes, but you know, when you meet somebody famous and then you're disappointed by it, I have that same feeling. Okay. I see something in your notes that I don't know what this is. Talk to me about rating friendships on Instagram. Okay. So I follow a couple of my daughter's friends on Instagram and they do this thing where, you know how Instagram has that function of like, um, how are you feeling? And it's like like a sliding slider. Mm -hmm. Yes. So what they do is they, they say like, um, how much do you think I like you? And then they put that sliding scale, right? And then what they'll do is do a screenshot of the responses. Say someone puts the sliding scale at 25% and then the the person will mark the sliding scale of where they actually like them. Does that Oh my god. So if a person thinks like they only are liked 25% the girl who responds is like, mm, I like you more than that, but only 75%. You know, and, and so it varies from person to person. And I just think this, whatever is happening, is so believably fucked up. Yeah, that's horrifying. This is the number of times I say I'm so glad we didn't have social media when I was a kid. I This would have broken me. Right? Right? Yeah, I don't. I'm a person who assumes people don't like me. If I know you, (laughs) I assume you don't like me. This is why we get along. (laughs) And I assume my friends don't like me. And I assume people are mad at me all the time. And Uh I, this is why words of affirmation are one of my love languages, because I need to be reminded that I am like, I hate this. I hate everything about this. It's mean. I think it's mean too. I, yeah, so parents, if your kids have Instagram, it's just happening in the stories. So I would suggest you check it out and maybe have a conversation. Certainly we'll be having one with my daughter about it. Yeah, about like not participating yeah. and not, and also like not setting yourself up for it, right? Like if someone else posts that, don't engage, right? Don't give them the opportunity to make you feel bad. Right. I mean, I would hope in a perfect world, like, if I thought somebody liked me only 25% that they would respond with, what are you crazy? I like you a hundred percent, not 50%, you know, <laughs> it's so I sad. I wouldn't, that would, I would stick with me forever. I don't ever need to know. And I know like I'm not everyone's 100%, but I also don't need to think about the 25% of me that you don't like, or the 75% of me that you don't like, right. or the 90% of me. I don't need to think about it. I don't want to know. 
Well, and what else I think is so wrong with it is the screenshots that they show. So everybody else can see. Yeah, it's not your a private conversation. Yeah, you're feeling towards somebody else. It's just like, whoa, too much for me, dude. I can't. What is happening? This social media and teens is a runaway train. Okay, can we talk about more teen things? Yeah. So I saw on a friend's Instagram recently that they their house got toilet papered, which yeah. I did not know was still a thing in 2020. I have a teenager, but he doesn't leave the house. Like, he's not going out with friends at night. So I... <laughs> okay, so... Okay, two questions. Did you toilet paper houses when you were a teenager? I did. Okay, we all did, right? Mm-hmm. We all did. There was always a line, though, like never destruction. You would never throw eggs at a house, or right? Because no, that was no, no, over no, no. the line. Toilet papering, good fun, right? Yeah, my soccer coach when I was in sixth grade took us toilet papering one night, like our, took our whole team. I vividly remember it. Although there was one time in high school... There was like this junior senior high school war, oh. you know. Yes. <laughs> as you do. Yeah. And we toilet papered someone's house and the dad got so mad at us he got in his car and chased us. And I can remember being oh. in my friend's car driving like at top speed through the hills of Anaheim <laughs> Hills. And like <laughs> it was terrifying. And I remember he was like, I'm gonna call the police. And I the next morning I remember telling my parents, I'm like, would you have been mad if you got a call from the police that we had been toilet papering? My parents were like, mm, probably not. It's like innocent fun. So, okay, would you take your kids out if – I'm just no. saying, not, not right now. <laughs> no, because... I wouldn't. Not not even non-COVID. No. Be, uh, no. Look, I – no, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I would. I, I would be scared of getting caught, but I would. I would definitely do it. Okay, so – let me let me tell you what happened. My daughter and her friends toilet papered somebody's house recently and they were caught. They were caught on the ring camera cuz hello, oh, it's 2020 yeah. and every everybody has a ring camera. So that's takes the fun out of it a little bit, right? Cuz you got to try not to get caught by the camera. But they got a good tongue lashing from the homeowners and I got a email about it oh. from the homeowners so I kind of laughed about it to be honest because I was like it's they didn't they didn't destroy anything they didn't vandalize anything I guess the biggest problem with it is that these people had just put up some like Christmas decorations on their front yard and so that they felt like oh we just did all this stuff and then you guys put toilet paper all over it and now we have to go clean it all up so Look, you know that I am hashtag no fun. <laughs> I'm not a fun mom. So if I woke up to a mess, I'd be annoyed. I mean, that's just me. Like, I can under, I can both, like, think about toilet papering as a relatively low stakes way for, like, teenagers to blow off steam. And also, as the 41-year-old mom is like, are you fucking kidding me? And I got to clean this up on Sunday morning. So that's my... Uh, that's my both sides of the coin there. Okay, so here's a step further. My daughter goes back to school, and the group of girls that did it, they did it to a boy's house. It wasn't out of, like, but the boy told the group of girls, my mom's called you guys some terrible names. And then 
went on to tell them what she called them. Oh, no, that's and, not okay. And so then my daughter came home and told me about it. And I was like, that's just below the belt. It's toilet paper. Like, it's not personal, right? I feel like if you're that mad, say like, hey, come clean it up. That's the right. That's the retribution. Like the name calling of girls. I don't like that. I feel like if it pisses you off to that extent, say, hey, you made this mess. Now you come deal with it. I could understand that. Right. But yeah, no name calling. And that's not. Is that modeling conflict resolution for your teenager? Right. Like, hey, <laughs> I don't like this thing. I'm mad about it. So now I'm going to call these girls these horrible names. And now I'm teaching you that it's OK to call people horrible names as opposed to saying like, hey, this is how we deal with the problem. Right. Uh-huh. Right. So over the weekend, I spent some time researching Zoom holiday Christmas parties because I'm a ton of fun. I just feel like, yeah, I know, right? But honestly, I think I had some pretty good ideas. What I did was just make a list of like fun games you can play and then how to apply that to like a Zoom party. Yes. So did you read it by chance? I'm open. I did. I'm opening it right Liars. now. Liars. Lies. No, I you did. You sit on the throne of lies. Oh, my God. So a couple of examples are, of course, a white elephant gift exchange. Yes. Which you commented is basically like without the ceilings. Kind of Secret Santa-like. I mean, logistically can be difficult, but is workable if you have someone, and this is what I suggested, you need a lead person to really organize For this sure. event. For sure. But you can still do uh, like a Secret Santa type thing or a... Oh, these are... If you did like put together a DIY ugly Christmas sweater kit and delivered those to your family members. Yes, yes. And then those people have to make their own ugly Christmas sweater and then show up to their Zoom party. And then you have like a challenge of like who has the worst or whatever. I think it's so fun. Yeah. Or you could like decorate it on the call and like show them at the end. Yes. Kind yes, of like yes, similar yes. to like the nailed it challenge. Right. Laughing so hard over like <laughs> the Santa expectations versus reality. It looks like a monkey. That picture, <laughs> it totally looks like a monkey, doesn't it? If you guys don't know what she's talking about, we're going to put a link to it in the show notes. There's a picture of like, you know, where you make one of those cupcake cakes, but it's this one is decorated like a Santa. And then if you try to recreate it, it's terrible. I think there were a lot of good ideas. And the internet agrees because they have been coming to our our website looking for them. In droves. Yes. It's funny. 2020 bingo. So our HOA has done a lot of virtual events during the pandemic. They typically do like a lot of in-person events. But so they've done bingo several times. And I freaking love bingo. I love bingo. I like real bingo where there's like money at stake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but when our HOA does it, they have someone like in the prize mobile, like waiting and they like, drive it to the winner's house. That is uh, so and fun. Show it on the Zoom. Yes. Obviously, that only works within a neighborhood where you can, you're within a mile of all the houses. Yeah. But I'm sure there's other ways to do it. Well, I had linked a bunch of um, Etsy shops on there, too. Yes. You could get bingo cards. like customizable bingo cards, the ones that say like your family's name on them. Or yes. if you want the squares to say something specific, I think that would be a lot of fun. During the election chaos, as I'm trying to take a break from CNN, I turned on the Gilmore Girls year in the life. Did you now? I didn't make it very far, I'll admit, and I forget why <laughs> I got distracted, but what I in the very beginning of the first episode, they have kind of one of those like classic Rory Lorelai moments where they're just like Brrr, 
out, right? Yeah. And then they even call it out as, oh, that felt good. They're very aware that that's kind of their shtick. Uh, Thank you. I could not come up with a word. <laughs> so you've been rewatching original Gilmore Girls. I have. So uh, I started a couple weeks ago and season one was really hard to get through. But, you know, that's typical with like yeah. season one shows. And so I'm I'm just in season two now. And it just struck me this morning, like how complicated the characters are this season. You know, like during the first season, you're just getting to know them. This season, the dynamic between Lorelai and her mother, Emily, is so fascinating to watch. Like, I didn't realize it started so early in the series. And you really see that come to, I want to say, fruition during uh, revival episodes. Don't you think so? They still have a complicated dynamic, but a better understanding of each other. Yes. I thought... So I've only watched the revival episodes once, like one and like 10. When they, yeah, when they first came out, right? Yes. But my favorite, and I had a lot of complaints about them, but my favorite part was Emily's arc during the revival. I felt like, you know, she finally got kind of her redemption and I understood Emily's character. I mean, I didn't necessarily like her during, I didn't find her likable during the main show, right? Because... I'm team Rory and Lorelai and the season when Rory, like they move her into the pool house. I was very upset with Emily and Richard. Like I felt like they were on the wrong side of history there, but I always kind of understood her as a mom. You kind of get where she's coming from a little bit. Anyway. Right. So, okay. When I first watched this show, I was not a mom yet, but now watching it as a parent, I think previously I was like on Lorelai's side, like as this rebellious daughter, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but now as a parent, I find Emily to be relatable in a way that is weird to me. I don't know. I understand that. Look, she just wanted this relationship with her daughter and her granddaughter and granted her methods weren't always great. She did not speak kindly to Lorelai, but Mm -hmm. Emily was who she was. And I think Lorelai very much had a chip on her shoulder and was not... Emily, I think, tried harder than Lorelai did most of the time. Yeah. To close that gap. Yeah. And Lorelai was still very much like the hurt 16-year-old who had disappointed her parents and could not get beyond that. Well, that's what's so crazy is that, like, they continue to hurt each other, you know, mm-hmm. like, throughout the series. It's so weird that there's, like, no healing. But they do finally go see a therapist in those revival episodes, right? Well, there's anyway. that one episode in the main series where there's a dinner party, and I think it's just the three women And they're just, like, shouting at each other the entire time. There's this kind of catharsis. I don't know if you remember that episode. I don't. Um, Friday Night's All Right for Fighting is the title of the episode. Lorelai and Rory go to the Gilmore Mansion for Friday Night Dinner, and there's a fight. That's the synopsis. Luke is still getting to know (laughs) April. That's during my least favorite part of the original series, the Luke and April storyline, because that I I hated so much about that. Because he handled it so badly. So I'm disappointed because I thought this would be like a good show that my daughter and I could watch together. Like she's getting to the age where I 
figured she might enjoy it. Yeah. And she's like, first of all, this is so boring, which I understand because shows are not made like that anymore. Shows are made to be bingeable, right? Uh-huh. So, um, and she's like, they're just talking at each other. That's not how conversations happen. And I was like, <laughs> like mind blown emoji. Like I couldn't believe like she, that was her takeaway from it. But I guess like if you're just a casual passerby and you see it on your mom's like phone playing, they are just kind of like shouting at each other. I'll have to find another show that was no words. Yeah. It, it is Thanksgiving this week and we wanted to say happy Thanksgiving to everybody and know that if this Thanksgiving doesn't look the way that you had hoped it would, you're not alone. And I would also like to say that no is a complete sentence and if you're struggling with, you know, feeling guilty about turning down plans, don't. It's okay. Your family will still love you. <laughs> they can sit in their disappointment and hopefully they will understand everyone's choices that they are making this week. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking forward to the food. Yeah. So my husband, I don't know if you know this, but I got my husband a smoker barbecue last Christmas. Is it a Traeger? No. I bought a cheap one first okay. because I didn't know like if he would stick with it or not. Sure, I get it. So throughout the summer, he has made some excellent smoked meats. And so I said to him the other night, I said, why don't we try smoking a turkey this year? And so we were like, he was like, jumped on his phone, looking for recipes, all how to do it, blah, 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 all this stuff. And then we look at his like little smoker and we're like, I don't think a turkey is going to fit on that thing because it's tiny. It is tiny. And turkeys, while I did read that turkey retailers are selling smaller turkeys this year, I need like less than 10 pounds. Like I can't even find like a less than 10 pound turkey. I have looked. So then I suggest to him, why don't we just get like a bone in turkey breast and just smoke that because it's much smaller. And he's like, well, what's the fun in that? So I was like, what? Like, like, I don't understand why he wants to do like a full turkey compared to just like a turkey breast. But because the dark meat's better, is it? I like the uh, turkey breast meat better. I'm a, I'm a dark meat lady. Okay, so anyway, then I say to him, "Well, do you want to upgrade your smoker? Merry early Christmas!" And he's like, he's a little bit afraid to because he's like you know, working with a new, like, appliance. He doesn't want to, like, mess up the uh-huh, uh-huh. the turkey. <laughs> so I was like, well, you think about that. And then last night I asked him, he's like, so I have to buy my own Christmas gift? Dude, you don't have to buy anything. Just give me the okay and I will do it. So I'm going to look into this Traeger that you talk about. Yeah, we have eyed the Traeger for years. We've seen it at Costco. They used to have a display at the mall. We were looking at them at Home Depot. It's an investment. And we were also looking at like a cheaper smoker option uh, because my husband's like, I'm tired of the gas grill. It's not nothing. It doesn't smell good. Like it's quick and efficient, right? but you don't get that good smell that makes everyone in the neighborhood jealous. So. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, yes interested to hear the results of your smoking experience i will keep you updated please we'll talk do. about it next week all right everybody we are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back <laughs> 
This week's podcast is brought to you by Celestial Shell Creations. Michelle makes the most beautiful handmade items like book covers, coffee sleeves, and the newest addition to her shop, fabric bins in multiple sizes. These items would make excellent holiday gifts, and you can be sure that your gifts will be unique and made with love. Shop at celestialshell.com or via the link in our show notes. And now it is time for Megan and Wendy Approved. And Wendy, you're not sharing the body, buddy, so what do you have? (laughs) (laughs) This week I turned to my refrigerator. Oh. This is something you turned me on to, and I got to tell you that I am straight up obsessed. Mm -hmm. It is with the Chipotle bitchin' sauce. So good. Do you buy the Chipotle flavor? That's my favorite flavor. Oh, my. It's so spicy. And actually, it's not spicy. It's sort of it's spicy. spicy. Makes my nose run. <laughs> Me too, but like I can't quit it. I just it's keep so eating good. it more and more and more. And it's so good. Currently, right now, I eat it with either carrot sticks or I eat it with pita chips. And it's freaking delicious. I was trying to think of some other ways that I can use it. Maybe on a sandwich. Yeah. Oh, my, oh my God. Stop the presses. Leftover turkey sandwiches. I think that yes, would be Yes. Really so good. <laughs> it is basically like an almond-based dip. So if you're like a dairy-free baby like me, it's nice because so many of like the store-bought dips are like cream-based, cheese-based, buffalo chicken dip with sour, whatever. It's so good. So it's vegan and dairy-free, obviously, if it's vegan. And it's- I'm neither of those things like on the regular, but man... It's and they have lots of flavors. Where do you get yours? Um, I buy either at Pavilions or I get it in the larger size at Costco. Yeah, Costco, they used to only do it when they had road shows. So like the bitch and sauce people would be there and you had yeah. to find it when they were there and stock up. But now they carry it part of their regular line. But they do sell it at the grocery store. It is much more expensive at the grocery store. Oh, I didn't realize that. I'd have to look. Yeah, if you're looking for it, it's in the refrigerated section. Mine is usually like in the deli section where they sell the meats and cheeses. So, so delicious. What you got? I have a show that I've been watching, just finished last night, called Dash and Lily. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) Look, I started watching it. I gave it a try over the weekend. I got a... I was working on my Zoom party post at the same time, so like I couldn't like split my brain to watch that and do the other thing at the same time. Yeah. I did enjoy the first episode oh a lot, but then it kind of like slowed down for me, but I will finish it. It's really cute. It's based on a book called Dash and Lily's Book of Dares. The Netflix show is just called Dash and Lily, and I like that they turned it into an eight-episode series as opposed to a movie. Um, because I feel like you get to really stay true to the book. Now, that said, when I finish reading a book, I typically forget all of the details. So in my mind, I'm like, yeah, it was true to the book. I could be wrong. I thought it was very well cast, according to like how I perceived the characters. I loved the supporting characters. Boomer could not be cuter. Like, he's such a perfect side character. Is that now, the pizza, there are so the many pizza things- boy? Is that the yes, pizza boy? there's okay. so many things about it that are unbelievable. Like the premise is Dash's parents are divorced and they both think that he's staying with the other one. Like, okay, I understand he's 17, but 
we're really not gonna discuss with each other hey where is our kid staying for christmas because we're both going to be out of town so they yeah. you know he tells his mommy's with his dad tells his dad with his mom they're both out of town unbelievable but does make for <laughs> uh an interesting series I thought it was sweet. It is set in New York at Christmas, shot pre-pandemic. So one of my favorite places on the world, in the world, is New York at Christmas. My husband and I go often for the weekend. I'm sighing. Because you know why? Because your New York trip was canceled. My New York trip was canceled in the spring. And now that I can't go to New York this Christmas, it's the only thing I want to do. <laughs> I've <course>. never. <laughs> you know? Yes, this time of year, every year we're like, well, we're going to skip a year. And then right around this time, my husband's like, we got to go. We got to do it. We got to go for the weekend. It is one of our favorite places. We've been so many times at Christmas, and it's so sad that we can't go. And obviously, I think it would be very different this year. But it's really fun to see old New York at Christmas with the crowds and the tree and the lights and the carolers. It's so good. And look, if you're a YA reader... Like like Megan. Like I am. Yes, yes. I enjoyed it. All right, friends. Thank you so much for joining us on this wild ride of an episode. Come back tomorrow for our Girls Gone Christmas recap of a Nashville Christmas Carol. That might not be what it's called. (laughs) That's what it's called. A Nashville Christmas Carol. Yeah, that's it. Um, Yeah. And... uh, we would love it if you would leave a rating and or a review before you go. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.